Welcome everyone to the All Heart Podcast. My name is Noni Lamar. And my name is Thea Monier. And this is a podcast that is all about joy and pleasure. And pleasure. 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 What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? We back out here. So we just want to thank you for tuning in. If it's your first time, this is a podcast all about healing the culture. We're here to heal the culture with joy and pleasure. Isn't that refreshing? Isn't it? People. Anytime I tell somebody about our podcast, what it's about, they say, oh. It sounds like the best job ever. <laughs> it is. It is a great job. And this is a job. It it's- is a job, but you know, work like this. It's fun. Yeah, it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like work. But you know how you can help us with our job? Yes. If you are enjoying this very pleasurable, insightful podcast that's also humorous, please. We're funny. Subscribe. Subscribe, share, listen, listen again. Tell the homies. Yes. Hit up your hit up people that you think would be great guests for the show and have them send the send us something. Because, you know, you all are out there, like in these streets, listening to multiple podcasts, um, mm. different people in different aspects of the healing world and the radical world. Like, yeah. we'd like to know who you'd like to see. Yeah, who, y- who y'all want to... That's a great idea, Thea. Mm-hmm. Who y'all want on the podcast? I'm good. I'm fresh in the morning. Okay. Like a fresh pack of Lay's <laughs> potato chips. Crisp. <laughs> Lay's potato chips or Pringles? What do they put in Pringles? I like Lay's. Okay. And you know, Lay's a fresh bag when you first open yeah. it. You know, I don't eat none of that. With a sub Unless sandwich <laughs> from you a know, real deli. You know, I don't do that. Oh, Unless I'm pregnant. But I've been, yes. you know, pregnant. I've been eating. I've seen you with some bags lately, you know. <laughs> I, I ain't trying to put Yo, you Yo, I had some. What did I have yesterday? Wingstop. I was like. You don't ever eat nothing <laughs> like that. You don't ever eat like, what's up, Wingstop? <laughs> I saw you with that dog house or something like that. I was like, <laughs> What is eating? Crazy. That's yeah. what I'm eating. So now's a good time to have you some Lay's and a sub sandwich. Get the Italian sub. If you want to know if it's a good I sub eat, sandwich. I will, I I will eat pork. Here's my thing, though. This is my kind of rule. This is why I can't be all or nothing. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't know if it's a good deli unless I've had their Italian. Okay, I feel You know what I'm saying? I, I remember. I have a faint memory oh. from the 90s. Of salami and pepperoni. I have a faint. I, I can't tell you if it's faint. a good... I mean, turkey don't tell me. No. Turkey doesn't tell me if it's a good deli. I mean, I normally get like a tuna sandwich. You know, oh I'm like more of like a pescatarian. That doesn't tell you anything. You might as well go down the street. Go to Vaughn's and get your one. Yo, I make a mean tuna oh, sure You never make me any tuna now. Oh, I'll, I will make you some. I'll have it with my carrot cake from Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> On the same day. And for those of you think that's a bad mix... I don't care. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do my heart to heart. Um, okay. I'm gonna let you know what's on my heart. It's also what's on my head, and that's called an afro. This fuzzy. Do you life. see my hair? It's- we got to do a whole episode on hair, Thea. Yes, you know I'm all about that life because you know. Do you remember when there were no four C bloggers or vloggers? And we were just out here on the internet with like three people representing. Yeah. And now they have women who have 4C hair and they're trying to embrace their hair. But there's yeah. still such a desire yeah. Yeah. for everyone to look like Tracy Ellis Ross hair. Right, right. And her hair is gorgeous. Right. Her hair is beautiful. And so's ours. Yara Shahidi's hair. Yeah. Beautiful. Right. 
Lupita's hair. That's the hair I have. This is this is what we got. I got Lupita hair. Yep. And I'm proud of my Lupita hair. Yeah. Issa Ray hair. It's even I think Issa Ray hair more like 4B, huh? Maybe. It's because her hair can be doing it. It's smooth. It gets smooth. I mean, it depends on how much pressure you put on it when you lay in them <laughs> when you lay in them edges. You can put a lot of weight on it, and you might look like a four B. But I think you know, if we just threw some water on it, what would we? What would happen? <laughs> this is the real test, right? What happens? So I want to talk to you, Thea, about what you thought about this whole H and M thing. You know, H and M just keep fucking up with black babies. Is listen, what, what's happening? I'm gonna tell you what I think. I think when I saw those pictures, I was like, I don't see the problem. Mm. Like we have such a self hate that if we don't see edges laid on a child, we're like somebody. She looked unkept. Somebody didn't mm-hmm. care about her. Mm-hmm. Why did? And when you see the whole campaign mm-hmm. of all of the different kinds of children. They all were supposed to look like they just got done playing outside. Hmm. And all I haven't of the, seen the whole campaign. Oh, yeah. And if you look at the whole campaign, everybody has a messy ponytail. Mm-hmm. Everybody's hair looks super tousled, mm-hmm. like they've just been on the monkey bars, oh, then on that the makes swing sense. set. Like, it wasn't like they just got her and made her look crazy. Like, she has other pictures on the campaign where yeah. her afro's like... Oh. Combed in the front, but the whole purpose. So this is uh, this is about people. See, I didn't know. That's why I didn't even. <laughs> I saw the one ad, and somebody was like, eh, "One the one picture." Mm-hmm. But you're right. Context is super important because. Well, I would say this too. Like, um, what people are usually reacting to when they pull that one thing out is the fact that people historically have just not invested in the in like loving four C hair. Like that, just because it's four C doesn't mean you just neglect it like you just don't give it any oil don't give it any i think that's yeah, how some even anything. parents have even talked to their kids about their hair it like it didn't even look dry though it's just she looked like a child i was thinking about when i was little and i would play and i would sweat out yeah my little press. my sister has a school picture so she had a school picture the same day it was after recess who came up with that idea <laughs> and her bangs looked like she'd been running like they were, they looked like she was running in the picture, hair just back. But you know, I agree. I think that's so true. I didn't, I, you know, I haven't been on the medias, but so I didn't understand the full thing. Yeah. Um, but, th- that, but that's you're right. what our hair looks that's like what it looks when like, it's a boo. little short and you pull it into a ponytail and you don't take gel and, and lay down, down and smooth it right. down. Why do we have to have it smooth to make it look? This happened right. with the gymnast too. Exactly, Gabrielle Douglas. Yeah, this happened with her too. That and it was us talking shit about it. It's always us yeah. because it's yeah. self hate. Yeah, we don't want to look at our nappy hair. We want it to be curly. We want it to be wavy. So you're even the media representations of four C hair is showing it in all these like cute styles and done, but never just showing it like I got out. I got up this morning. I got up this morning. Mm-hmm. What a wash and go looks like. When you have 4C hair. Very different. It's different. It's like, different. but we don't we wanna do a twist out yeah. to try to make it look like yeah. something it's not. It's very true. It's taming. And and the the beauty in 4C hair is its refusal to be tamed. Yeah. I talk to my stylist about this all the time because even when my hair is locked, mm-hmm. and I have 4C hair, and even when my hair is locked, one I feel like can't nobody fuck with 4C locks. 
Like four C lot, they look incredible. They look incredible. It's, yeah. It looks like this is what your hair wants to yeah. do, yeah. right? Yeah. But also, um, whenever I try to style it up and put it into this and do a this and twist it this, and my hair is like, bitch, we don't do that. Like yeah. we, we're we just run yeah. wild and untamed, and yeah. like that's the beauty and re- what's the word? Just the just the fuckiness of yeah. 4C hair. And I do think we should embrace it a lot more. So I've gotten older. I'm like, okay, I'll come. <laughs> so I can go to these meetings and make this money. But I was thinking when I saw that, I said, you know what? I'm about to go to these meetings and we make this money. We do need to do a show on hair. Wait, let me say what I'm saying. Like, I'm going to go to these meetings and make this money with my hair like this. Yeah. Like, like, why not? And do you think it's different for guys? Mm, I do. But even men who wear their hair, their kinky hair out, they do. You don't see. Oh, yeah. Artists. They have to be artists. Yeah. They have They're to. They're not artists. in corporate. Right. No. 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 People and people. You know, my my children's hair is. Ooh, my children's hair is pretty like kinky mm-hmm. and wild, and I think that people don't say as much to the boys mm-hmm. as Amina. Yeah. When you really think about it, right. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. ask me all the time with my daughter, like, oh, um, are you going to do something to her hair? And I do want to say, for some of us, like, you know, I'm a Leo. So I've always just went to the be- the biggest and the baddest in the game on whatever I was doing. I love a fly cut. I love, I love the styling of hair. And, you know, it's not always about self-hate, but I do think what you're talking about in this campaign, this pressure to, like, always have it styled and perfectly like a free day a really great free day like I don't even spray think nothing I shake my hair out but you're right on those days I think twice about should I go outside like this and I remember that I remember that's the whole reason I started locking because remember my hair used to be Straight, yes, they called straight. it the fresh press. It was really and late. it was fresh. Now, was if you later. was gonna be pressed, bitch, that's how you wanted to roll. It was super late, it was late, right? Mm-hmm. And but that laying, my goodness, required so much maintenance of like you know, getting it done every two weeks, the clips in the hair, the wrapping of the hair. If it didn't wrap right, bumping it so that it's right. I to the point where like I, I didn't even know how to style my own hair if it wasn't like done if it wasn't like freshly done like I would struggle with a ponytail even a ponytail would feel off Mm -hmm. it was really weird and one day I went to work had an early shift like 6 a.m shift and a woman white girl walked in with this dripping ass (laughs) sloppy ass ponytail and I was customer service nobody was even gonna see me but she was working at the front desk and I, all I could think about was that bitch got like 20 minutes more sleep than me. <laughs> Legit, right? And I wanted my 20 minutes back. Like, I didn't want to be like doing all that shit in the morning. And that's what I, I literally decided in that moment. I was going to lock my hair. And I realized I had such a, a hands-on, loving, accepting relationship with my hair when I locked it. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when I took it out, the locks, mm-hmm. that was like feeling, you could, you know what, during the locks, I didn't have to do shit. Like people, well, in the beginning, they think you're a little, like, are you going through something? <laughs> That's how they approach you. Are you, if you be, cut your hair or you lock yeah, it because in the of, stages. Because of how locks look at the thing. I mean, I had two sets of locks, so I don't know. Like the last six months I've been braiding my hair 
and I love it. It's really fun. It's art. Yeah, you have it's, been doing some beautiful stuff. Yeah, I really love doing it like that. But I just want to challenge us on like how what we perceive. Yeah. To be hair that is kept. Yeah. And what You're is so unkept. right? Thank you for this. And like what? And looking at the whole campaign. Look at the whole thing. This is literally how this baby girl's hair grows out of her head. Mm -hmm. And now she's going to grow up and have this moment in her life where she can go back on the internet and watch herself be dragged Mm -hmm. at like nine years old by a bunch Mm -hmm. of black women Mm -hmm. talking about where were her parents. You could tell they didn't have no stylist. Mm -hmm. Why they make her look like this. No, this is how God made her look. Mm No, this is so real. This is a whole show. Seriously, it's it's crazy to me, like, the idea that I remember being so little and, like, having that toothbrush and that gel. Oh, girl, pro-style. And trying to to force that pro-style to, like, make my shit do something that it wasn't trying to do. My hair was always trying to. You know, but you know, (laughs) no, I know you fight it. I know you fight beyond this. But this is why the conversations keep coming back to decolonization. It's yep. not like we were always oh, living not, that way. I, I, you joining the you wagon? Are you joining the wagon? You saw me say, you saw me text you like, maybe we should talk about decolonizing <laughs> mental health. Oh, one of the episodes. Did you laugh? No, but yeah, I did. I did. I did. But you know what? You're, because this is what we know where that comes from. And the only way we're going to detox ourselves from that poison that we did not have before is to really face it head on and do ads like this is actually something that should be celebrated and something that should be acknowledged way, way, way more. My girls, my girls have curly hair. They have, mm-hmm. I don't even know what, <laughs> what, what, what grade, it's probably, I, I would say maybe three something, <laughs> maybe three C. I don't know if, what that is, but <laughs> I mean, I do show up in there a little bit. I come in strong, <laughs> but their dad also shows up. Um, and so when people go out and they, the one, the first thing I always tell them, you always have such pretty hair and I know what that's about. So it's so interesting. Cause remember we always talk about, uh, how mm-hmm. I struggle. I, I use my brown emojis yeah. and I struggle with, <laughs> I you with a brown fist. I, 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 I always do. Yeah. Do they have any other colors? Anyway, the bottom line is, um, I, I feel like sometimes because of my 4C experience, like that was like, slash. like it was very much like, I remember being in elementary school and girls were rated by three things skin color hair texture and ass <laughs> <laughs> okay. and I, I i have one out of three yeah i was like girl <laughs> you you like i have one out of three i have one out of three right but i remember that like people rating and scoring at the time having no context or understanding about colorism and all the forms of self-hate that white supremacy was taking on you know just really feeling like oh to, i think to the point where like i in, and in L.A., this is, well, okay, you know how I feel about this, because a lot of the people in L.A. aren't from L.A. Right. I think when I go to the hood, my brothers always be like, girl, I'm checking for you. Yeah. Fresh like lettuce. Absolutely. But there is like, there's very much that attitude of like passing over black women. The for more sure. black features they have, the more likely you are to pass them for over. Sure. To the point where I don't even expect... A holla, right? If it comes randomly, yeah, it's because I'm, you're right. I'm in we, South LA. We gotta do this a, is a whole show. We gotta do a whole show on hair and colorism and all of that stuff For because sure. it's a real, it's a real super super duper real thing. And some of it I realize is a little bit more regional than I thought. It's super regional, yeah. But, but I think I wanna, I wanna close my um, heart to heart saying 
I like all hair. Yeah. I've had every kind of hairstyle. I braid my hair. I put weaves in my hair. I like to straighten my hair. I love to blow out my hair. I love to twist out my hair. I love to braid out my hair. I love to do all. I have, I love the freedom to be black and to be able to have my hair however I choose. I wear wigs. Mm -hmm. I like doing all of that shit. I just know that how I look like right now (laughs) is just fine. It's just fine. It's so gorgeous. It is my favorite version Mm of me. Freest. Because this is how I actually look. And it's important to me, you know, my partner told me that, like, just make sure that you wear your hair out. Don't just braid your hair all the time because you have a daughter. Mm-hmm. And it's important for her to see because she she's not old enough to have a bunch of braids yet mm-hmm. or anything that she doesn't need extensions in her hair. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as soon as I took my braids out this morning, she got up and I was like, did you see my hair? It looks just like yours. And she was like, it's beautiful. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, beautiful like your hair, you know? So mm-hmm. I just think, I just feel such compassion for that little girl. Yeah. Like people are using her. I want us to stop using children as a prop to prove our political points online. Like she's an actual baby. Yeah, I think people are just detached from that online period. They're detached from humans online and children are human. You're right. What's mm-hmm. your What's your heart? What's on your heart, girl? What's on my heart is I've been um, leveling up a little bit. Okay. I finally am embracing that I have a milestone birthday coming next year, and in light of was, that milestone, I was wondering how you were feeling about that. <laughs> in light of that, I feel like after giving a set amount of time to this planet, mm-hmm. I deserve some benefits mm. and some. Some ease, okay. So this sound like a lion. I was coming. at mm-hmm. <laughs> sound like you, a lion. I want you to remember out. when all this shit goes down, only that you were a big part of starting it. Just so you know, okay, people. I, just I don't apologize. No, <laughs> what it is. So the song that's going on in my head almost constantly is "I'm Living My Best Life." Okay, <laughs> I ain't going back and forth with you. <laughs> this is literally on my mind 99.9%. I was at the airport flying to Tampa for my friend's beautiful wedding. Did y'all see? Did you see her stunting though? Stunting, yeah. Did you see her stunting on the stunting on the gram? On the gram. Did you see her? It was amazing. You looked good. It was a, it was a, it was a full you know, you know it was a full stunt. It was my a, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Oh, have you heard about stunting? Because we about to stunt. We about to show you how we do this shit. <laughs> I saw the open field. I was like, ladies, I, first we're of all, having a photo shoot. First of all, I knew who was Beyonce. Okay. I knew who was like, let's get information. Oh, I was like, oh. I said, do you all see this open field? <laughs> we're about to have a photo shoot. And then Lindsay was like, yes, bitch, Yes. It was amazing. And it was raining and windy while it was all happening. It was just all the elements. We felt like the Orishas personally was like, shine, bitches, shine. Shine, It was very dramatic. The lighting was perfect. And it was just, it was so much. It felt like an act of God. It was was drama. It was drama. Y'all gave the theater. All of the things. (laughs) We had a ball. And so going to Tampa... I'm holding up and they have this thing called clear, which is a whole other 
think I can go down the fact that we talked about the fear episode. Mm-hmm. And remember, we talked about when did the fear really kick up in this generation? We talked about 9 11, right? And the anniversary of 9 11 passed, but also like going through airports was so different, mm-hmm. or kids not having lockdowns in schools and all these things. Yeah. And so I'm at the airport and I'm looking at all the ways they've capitalized off of it, like global entry, $100 per person if you want special access to through the security, clear, which is $179 for a year, but you get, and it's like all this to bypass security that you're saying we actually need, right? Right, And all these circumstances and scenarios. So it's just like all these industries. Yeah. But then I say that hypocritically because I'm like, can I get to the front? Okay, here, take my money. So I go up and sweet lady Vicky, she was amazing. Shout out, Vicky. Maybe you just called me on the right day. And mm-hmm. and she was like, you know, you do your fingerprints here. I was like, they already got my fingerprints. Apple got my fingerprints. Everybody got my goddamn fingerprints. It doesn't matter. But you're telling me you can walk me to the front of this line, Vicky? I can walk past all these folks and walk right through? She was like, yes. And I was like, swipe. <laughs> okay, got home, went to Tampa, got home, went through clear, everything, boom, boom. It was great. Ease. I'm getting, I'm starting to act okay. like I'm like 75. Okay, I, so I went, you, you paid a little extra. I paid a little extra. Came back, you know, I have to do some commuting with the kids and take them to school and all that stuff. How can I preserve my joy? Because I'm living my best life. <laughs> I ain't going <laughs> back and forth with you, right? That's so coming, that's this comes up every time. Every time the question of, ooh, I don't want to do this. I don't feel no joy doing this comes up. That song pops up. Like I literally as a picture, like picture, like the, the gif come up in my head, the gif come up in my head. And he's like singing in the center of my forehead. I'm living my best life. This is what happens. Okay. And so I ordered HelloFresh. Okay. And I got home, got my box, got my pre-packaged. And I realized, oh, I'm not sick of cooking. I'm sick of thinking about cooking, how, planning for cooking. How was HelloFresh? HelloFresh was Potential amazing. Sponsor. Potential sponsor. <laughs> and if you all would like to use a promo code, you can send us your DM us your email <laughs> and we will send you the promo code for $40 off your first order. $40 off? Yes. Okay. How much is this thing? I don't know. I use the promo code. <laughs> and I'm living my best life. I ain't checking no tags right now, Noni. I ain't checking no tags. My point is that... <laughs> I also ordered luggage from a certain company that I'm still trying to get to sponsor. So I ain't even gonna say your name yet until you hit me back. But I love this bag. Okay. And it's all about like ease. Is it a little pricier than what I was getting at Ross? Yes. I feel like I'm rubbing off on you. I told you. <laughs> this whole thing sounds like some shit I would do. It's so it's so noni. <laughs> you get nice luggage. Nice luggage. You, you paying to skip lines. I'm paying to skip lines. Cause you know I like traveling with my mama because she's a um global entry. My mama is whatever it is. The maximum. The maximum of of you travel. Of gold of, card, platinum gold, card. platinum. Member. They just, they know she's coming. We just be chilling in the lounges um, and shit. Ooh, that American Airlines lounge just lounging. Isn't it nice? My my daughter. That's next for me. You, you, can, you can tell that my daughter is, like, she came here for the lounge. This is when we were when we were talking like, oh, can we go into the captain's lounge? <laughs> I need to get my snacks. Yes, the yes. good snacks. She wants the good snacks, not, and she wants to sit on the good part of, of the airplane. Not the rich with the peanut. Butter. No, when we, she want to get on first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All of that. Oh, I paid extra for the early check in because you know why? I'm living my best life. <laughs> Ain't nobody trying to no. go back and forth with y'all on this 24 hour check in. At 24 hours and one minute, I am like. 
nervous as fuck that I'm going to get like C assignment, right? Yeah. So instead I pay the $50, y'all check me in at 36 hours automatically. Okay. okay. You see what I'm saying? I do. Living my best life. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get into our main topic now. What kills and builds sisterhood? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. We've talked about friendship we have. here and there Yes, on this mm. podcast. We haven't dug in to yes. the friends. Ooh, yes. This is going to be interesting. Y'all know that Thea and I have a sisterhood. Yes. We have a special sisterhood that's been going on for a while. But, you know, this was really from... There's this woman, she wrote a blog about this. I think she's like my Facebook friend or something. I, I never talked to that woman before. She just, <laughs> I just see her posted. I was like, you know, mm-hmm. but she posted something asking people on her Facebook page to tell her what kills sisterhood. Mm. And she wrote a blog all about what kills sisterhood. And I was just, you know, paying attention to it. And I was really shocked about the answers. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of wanted to talk about it. So I'm going to ask you, what do you think is sisterhood? And how is it different than friendship? You know, you're so right. We have had like traces of this conversation. And we've been at different sides of it because we've had very different experiences growing up. For sure. Um, I have 30 plus year old friendships. Um, even my more recent friendships, like a, a recent friendships to me is like a 10 year friendship. Right. Um, so I have these very long standing and, and. Wait, how long have we been friends? We've been friends since. Like I was what? Was I think it? 18 years. Yeah. Cause I was pregnant with Talani or before I was pregnant with Talani. I met you before, before you were. I was pregnant with Talani. Yeah. Was I pregnant with Taya? I met you before you were pregnant with Taya. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Then, yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is like most of my friendships are along these lines. Mm-hmm. And so I guess when I say a big difference for me between sisterhood and friendship is friendship is the initial f- stage. Like, it's when it's when you've gone deeper than associate, but not as deep as like, it's a no, it's like not even a fucking question. Like, mm. to me, in friendship... There's still a possibility we'll part ways. In sisterhood, that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it just can't. Spiritually, on any level, it just can't happen. Even if we never, if we don't talk for like 10 years, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It's the same shit. Um, whereas friendship is like, this may be a seasonal thing, but it's still like really intimate. And I really trust this person. And they're, they're coming in right on time for a certain part of my life. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um and so a lot of my friendships have grown into a sisterhood. And mm-hmm. even in that, I think the the main distinction a lot of times is the test of time. Because if because we grow and develop constantly, especially as women, and then if you're, you know, depending on if you're intentionally in that growth and conscious of that growth, which the women around me have to be, mm-hmm. um, then it like kind of naturally evolves over time into a sisterhood. Um, someone that I would, to me, a sister is someone that I wouldn't want to lose. Mm. Um, that I, I'm invested in saving that relationship. I would go to counseling with that person to fix that relationship. Mm. Um, that's like sisterhood for me. Friendship is like, you know, 
it ain't that deep yet. <laughs> you know, if we have a problem. And, you, and you definitely have an inner circle, outer circle vibe. Yeah? Um, I used to think of it in that structure. I don't know if it's that structure anymore. Tell me. Um, because there's people who I think I have friendships with in this moment who have been who are in, in your in, inner who, circle who, who are part of the inner circle right now. Mm. Um, so it, it's not it's not cut and dry. I hear you, but you don't know because time hasn't told you. The whole story. If they're a sister, like like if I'm gonna be like friends with them in 20 years. I hear that. You know? I think I define it differently, of mm-hmm. course. And I think part of it is like you've had friendships, like you said, for 30 years, right? Mm-hmm. And you grew up in the same place for a long time. Mm-hmm. So because I was a transient child, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I went to who even knows, 13. I think 13 schools yeah. before I went to college, I had to learn how to identify my people. Yeah. It is really important for me. It's a skill that I learned over time to be able to find, okay, this is my kind of person. Mm-hmm. And I would immediately get deep and intimate with that person. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how long that would last mm-hmm. because we were moving so much. So. Right. You know, I, so you were all in while you had them there. Exactly. Mm. I remember from like, I don't know, seventh grade. I'm trying to remember her name. I think her name was Sandra, maybe. Mm-hmm. Sasha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I love Sasha so much. I try to get Sasha to live with us. Like, oh. she was such a sister to me. Like, I remember, you know, Aisha, Megan, like all of these people over time. That I was friends with for two or three years. Yeah. But I became like so close to them. Yeah. And so for me, I define um, someone different than friendship, someone I have a kinship with. Mm-hmm. They're literally folks that I'm like, oh, this is my kindred. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of person that is from my soul family, mm-hmm. that I really resonate with this person. Sometimes my discernment <laughs> is a little <laughs> yeah sometimes askew. is a little askew yeah. in, in meeting new people yeah the people that are probably like nearest and dearest to me have as you said like the test of time yeah the test of time has really like shown that this is my sister yeah and i'm even with newer people i tend to be kind of slow to open up yeah but to me, a friend is maybe what you might define as an associate. <laughs> I don't know. Tell me. <laughs> Let me hear the description. Um, is it business? Like people you do business with sometimes? Or no, no. That's no. totally separate. Business is separate. Yeah. I, my Taurus. I see your eyes. <laughs> yes. You're like, no, bitch. That's why y'all got shit confused. <laughs> you Leos can't keep money in your motherfucking pocket. <laughs> Business is business And I can be friendly with people that I do business with But they're not friends I can be friendly with them They can become friends right? But initially I'm thinking about business The bottom line Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I've become friends with my music producer Mm -hmm. I I think she's lovely Mm -hmm. But I didn't initially Hit her up like hey what's up Wanna hang out Like I was like what's up You You wanna produce my record yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and it's, we have conversations that are about business mostly. 
and we talk about personal things, but that's because mm. we've become friends over time. And we're also, you know, when you're making art, it's creative and intimate. So for sure. And that can also, I think when you're a creative, that can also skew the line sometimes of like, you feel like you get really deep and really close. And then you're like, this person got hella work to do. Yeah. I think my friends are people that I know, I know well, and we check in periodically, but they're not people, my sisters are people that I'm really invested in putting a lot of time into the relationship. I guess that that's how I would define it. And I think my kids and my family, access to my kids and my family are a big marker for me. Mm. So like sisters, it's all access. Mm -hmm. Like, like literally like, it's like their, it's like their blood. Yeah. Um, and friends, inner circle, like friends that are in the inner circle, friends that I know are at a certain level of work and I can see in their life a certain level of integrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not full access. I hear that. I'm, I'm really, I have such a lot on my plate like you do mm-hmm. and like you know as well, but having so many children, mm-hmm. I'm really clear like who my sisters are because those are the people that I have to prioritize. Mm-hmm. Time. Yeah, time. That's like for me. like for sure. My sisters are the people that I prioritize. I check in with you. I make sure I text you back. I make sure, and it's not in two days. Right. Three days. Right, 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 right. right. That doesn't mean that I have other close friends that I don't. I don't love just as much. Right. It's just about like, oh, this is like, these are my people that we're building something with. They're really invested in me. I'm invested in them when I have crisis, you know, and I want to go into that. So this past two weeks, I've had a lot of crisis with my family and I was starting to think about sisterhood so much because my dad has four girls and so there's four of us. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wanted us to talk about what our actual sisterhood is like, Mm -hmm. our blood sisters. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, one thing, the the thing about the stuff with my dad, like I actually went pretty dark for two weeks. Like I didn't, I wasn't really communicating with folks. Yeah. Me and you barely even communicated. We, we checked in like, wait a minute. <laughs> we were both in a bit of a spiral. Yeah. Like where, where you, what'd you do it? I know yeah. we haven't spoken, Yeah, but most, most of the people that are in my sisterhood, like I hadn't really been talking much with them. Everybody knew what was going on with me, like had some sort of idea that I'm like, hey, I'm dealing with this, so I'm going to get back to you. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you, you know what's up. So, but my sisters, my three sisters, <sighs> this thing with my dad and his health and having dementia and being in and out of different facilities, it's so important to be walking it not alone. Mm-hmm. And to have these three other people who we all play different roles. Yeah. And we all we don't all agree on who should do what or whatever. We, there are times where you disagree or agree. But at the end of the day, I know that I have these three people that have my back. And it's not that we're... So, you know, we're not all always doing it for dad. Right. Sometimes we're showing up for each other. Right. And we all four know that this situation is really difficult and challenging. And because we love each other and we know we're all that we have, 
to lean on who really understand the situation, we show up. So it meant a lot to me this week. I'm going to get emotional, I guess. Yeah, this week when when my older I I you know something happened with my pop and I wasn't really feeling it. A decision I had to come uh, we had to come to, and I was just really disappointed because it was going to put a lot more work on me and not spread mm-hmm. <laughs> spread the work around. Um, and so I just sent a text like, I'm not really trying to talk with y'all niggas right now. <laughs> like, yeah. by the way, everybody, since I've been pregnant, I'm pregnant with like a Detroit baby. So it is. it's a real, <laughs> it's a real Detroit uh, baby. All of my yen yeah, it's, is it's, pretty yang. It's pretty yang right now. <laughs> it's yang, yin yang to it. It's here right now. <laughs> So I was really like, basically like, don't fuck with me right now because I'm about to cut somebody out. So don't fuck with me. And my older sister was like, oh, just call me when you have a chance. And I called like, what's up? And she was like, I'm calling to check on you. Are you okay? And I was like, uh. No. No. Okay, let's figure out what we can do because you're pregnant. And I'm all the way over here. She doesn't live in California. You shouldn't have to do all of this. So what can I do? And it was just so nurturing, so loving, mm-hmm. such a big sister, mm-hmm. you know, and in this situation, even though me and my big sister don't talk as much, we have talked more over the last few years. I noticed my um, my like instinct when I feel scared or when I feel overwhelmed or intimidated is to go to her for protection. Mm-hmm. It's just a nut, like a, a gut instinct, like, Hey, I'm feeling really overwhelmed. I don't know what to do about this. And I know that you'll know more mm-hmm. or you'll actually, per, you know, you'll provide some perspective. Mm-hmm. She's four years older than me. That's me and my sister. So it's like, let me check in with you and see like what you think about this. And that I kind of want to say like, you know, our sisters by choice, it's it's a choice, right? right? But our sisters by blood, it's we we can go months. We've gone yeah. months not yeah. speaking. We've yeah. gone through growing apart. As we've grown older, particularly since we started having children. Yeah. We started getting closer and and my dad was sick, so just having to communicate more and, yeah. and those things. But we've I've really grown to like one of my sisters, Lainey, like I think every Mother's Day, like I'm, I sit and think about, she doesn't have any children, but I'm like, she deserves mm. this day. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't mother without, without Lainey. Her. No. Yeah, I know. She's such a sweetheart. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't mother without her. Yeah. She's incredible. Like, she is. She takes such good care of my children. We went to the beach last week. Mm-hmm. Yo, I'm not trying to go to the beach with three kids. Right. Like, I'm just not. I'm right. not the one. Yeah. I'm trying to go to the beach alone. Right, right. So if sure. it were up to me, they would never know what the beach looked like. Right, we would never get there. <laughs> right, right. No, but because Lainey loves the water and loves the beach and loves adventure, like, all of our family vacations, Lainey comes too because yeah. she loves to do all that shit. I'm, yeah. I, I don't. Like, I'm not trying to go out of my actual way. Yeah. yeah. Like, and y'all know I love my kids so yeah, much. For sure. No, I understand. But you're taking care of their basic needs and above every day. So the basic fun stuff sometimes feels like a luxury. And above and homeschooling and we're BFFs. Yeah. yeah. But y'all want to go. 
Y'all, y'all want to go to the water park and you want to get on the tallest slide and I can't swim. I'm not doing and it. And my hair, we talked about it the beginning. About it. I'm not trying to be trying to right. do all that today yeah. with my yeah. hair. Yeah. I might not, I might, I might have had a different idea of right. my hair at the beginning right. of this day. Lady don't give a fuck. You know, she doesn't yeah. care. Like she's just so For carefree, sure. such an adventurer and. That sisterhood has meant everything. All of my sisters have been so incredible with my children. And Lainey, she's so consistent. Yeah. And for me, that consistency as a sister to show up, like she's she sees them every two weeks, mm-hmm. sometimes every week. And right now we're living far from her. Mm-hmm. She'll drive wherever she needs to go mm-hmm. to be with them and to show up for them. And, you know, and she's a school counselor, too. Mm-hmm. So she's a child psychologist, so it's, like, really important, too. Like, when I'm facing something I don't understand, I have this sister Mm -hmm. who's so incredible that can give insight. And my other sister is a school teacher, so she also has a lot of insight, too. My baby sister, you know, which is a whole different dynamic, right, like, of sisterhood, to have a baby sister or an older sister. Right. Yeah, I don't know that. (laughs) Tell me about your relationship with your sister, your your blood (laughs) sister. We call her the TT. Mm. Everybody calls her the TT. Um, so we're four years apart. And I think for most of our life, we just saw ourselves as completely different. I was a quieter child. And my sister was very much, she was, I was very internal. She was very external. Mm. As, we're, as we've grown older, like in our adult life, and I would say even our later adult life, um, we've grown to really appreciate that balance. Mm. But it was a war Hmm. before. And I think some of that was the backdrop of what was going on in our home. How many years apart are y'all again? Four. Yeah. The backdrop, we're two developmental, we're in two different developmental ages as well. Okay. So like, I'm going to be in middle school and she's going to be in elementary. I'm going to be in high school. She's going to be, you know what I mean? So we were never quite in the same bracket Mm. in terms of development. You're the older one. And I'm the older one. Mm. And so I think that, you know, I did have, the, I had an expectation my little sister was going to come and be like me. <laughs> Even at four, the Leo in me was like, oh, she's going to be fun. She's going to listen to me and she's going to do what I tell her to do. And none of that shit happened. She was mm-hmm. complete, her own personality. She a Gemini. Re- so stay Gemini, on friendly side. Rebel without a cause. Um, just, you know, demanded what she wanted when she wanted in a way that I was always hyper aware of what other people wanted. And so I always thought of that as selfish, mm. um, which, you know, now I'm like, well, she always got shit she wanted. I mean, that was a good strategy. I probably should have done some of that, you know? Mm. Um, we've had some difficulties because I had a, also the backdrop of what was going on in our home was creating this, also this cycle of where our, our coping with that was kicking in and it wasn't the same. You know, mm-hmm. she coped by acting out. I coped by retreating in. Yeah. And so then when she would want to come to me as a big sister for something, I would retreat in. Mm-hmm. And if she, because I would see her act out and that would make mm-hmm. me more conflict avoidant and retreat in. And we just had that dance our whole life. And we didn't really realize it. It all came to a head. We had a big blowout um, one year. I think it was 2000. The year I cut my hair, mm. um, it was after the wedding. Um, so it probably was like that May or April. Um, and I was like, 
I'm not taking this exploding shit no more. Hmm. I'm done with it. I'm done, done, done. No, I'm done. Like, seriously done. And, like, I didn't talk to her for a significant period of time. Hmm. My family was calling me, what if this? What if that? And I was like, everybody has enabled this part and nobody has gotten to the root of it. Nobody's asked why is she exploding? Nobody's done the, everybody just says that's how she is. And I could see that she needed help with learning to deal with that. But also I couldn't get close enough to offer the help. And it wasn't my job. Like I was like, parent her, (laughs) offer that as a parent, know your child and let's not do the whole, that's That's just who she is. That's a great boundary to set. I had to set it because, because what was starting to happen was I was parenting. So our interaction did become me telling her what to do or what she should be doing better as opposed to us growing together as sisters. I was setting that boundary because my parents were going through their own shit. I think that's hard too. I want to I want to jump in real quick like you know to know I've I've struggled that with that as a bigger an older sister mm-hmm. knowing when to challenge my older sister to not be babied. Mm-hmm. I I know my sisters listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. I know y'all listen to this. So <laughs> I'm not trying to put nobody on front street or anything. But it's like at a certain point, we all have to go through our own rites of passage and grow right. up too. Right. And trying to understand when we are, I don't want to use the word enabling, but like protecting them from the world. Coddling. That's a good one. Yeah. And and for me, it was just like people would just say, that's just who she is. Mm-hmm. And so there was this label of like bad, explosive, all these different things. And then I was good by way of not expressing. So that validated for me, people like you more when you don't express. And for her, it said people going to talk shit anyway, so you might as well do what you want. Two Mm. very different and both unhealthy coping Mm. that was reinforced by the family at the time because it worked for the family as well, right? It was easier to say, this child is just acting out than to say, why is she in so much pain? And it was easier to just assume I was a good kid than to ask me what was going on with me because mm-hmm. they had their own stuff going on mm-hmm. at the time, right? So mm-hmm. this is, it wasn't until we got, oh, and so I set that boundary. That was a few years ago. I cut my hair. It, I needed to set that boundary with the world though. It wasn't just her. I needed to set that boundary with the world mm-hmm. that I'm that I'm not taking the world's shit. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? As a therapist, as a mother, I was a wife at a young age. All those things socially reinforce like this idea of being available for others consistently. No matter what they're doing, they're allowed to be human and have flare-ups and be off and learn. And I am supposed to just be patient with it and work with it. And they will always say, you know, you're the therapist or you're, you know... You're the one who knows. I don't want to be that one. I want to be the one to act a fool and people be patient with me sometimes. Sometimes. Right? That so would be great. That boundary. So then, yeah. I, then when I cut my hair, they knew. They was, oh, shit. Because I had been growing my locks for 13 years. Yeah. So they were, then it was like, and, and I needed the whole world to just shut the fuck up. Just shut up and stop mm-hmm. telling me what I should do and how I should feel and how I should behave when I'm actually hurt. When I'm actually, when I actually have needs, when I'm actually in pain, you know? And so mm-hmm. our, our relationship became like the symbol of this moment. 
Wow. And it had all been leading up to from when we were very young. And I think it's now we're able to like really appreciate those things about each other in a healthy way. Like when I when I'm that person in a healthy way, I'm great for her. When she's that person, that outgoing person who pushes me out my comfort zone in a healthy way, she's great for me. Yeah. And and we have taken ownership over our own relationship outside of your your the family dynamic, family dynamic. right? And and we've had to. And one thing I've realized, with that I didn't think of at, when she was younger, because she would act out, is that I thought she didn't give a fuck what I thought. But I've my mom used to always tell me, no, she cares about what you think more than anybody in this world. And I'd be like, well, then why is she so mean to me? <laughs> but I think you're saying like taking your relationship outside the family dynamic, like. One thing that I've noticed with my baby sister, with my youngest sister, is getting to know who she is mm-hmm. as an adult because we're nine years apart. Yeah. It's a, it's a really it's a big age gap, yeah. right? So we're nine years apart. We don't have the same mother. None of only, we have three mothers and four, four girls. So Getting to know her as a grown up, mm-hmm. she's fucking dope. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. getting to see how she chooses to style herself or like what she listens to. Or yeah. like, I loved this past year going to her birthday party and seeing her with her friends and yeah. like seeing just as who, a whole human, as a whole human, not my baby sister Absolutely. that I like used to change a diaper. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? For but, sure. But really, like, oh, you're a woman. Yeah. You have all of, and and she is so um, insightful, and mm. she really pushes me to think about things from a different point of view. Yeah, all of, all of those things, so yeah. much to learn from. That if I continue to see her as this little girl, right, or this little my baby sister, right, I'm not allowing even her to be a teacher to me. Yeah, and a lot of my sister's intensity at times was coming from. That's how how she loves is by like, uh, like trying to do things for people, whether they want her to do it or not. Like that's how she's wants to show it, and mm. getting her to understand that you know, asking people how they want you to show up in their lives is important. This is a Gemini thing too. Sometimes with boundaries, right? Right. It's <laughs> like you have to ask me how I want you to show up in my life, not just show up in my life, and and. I see, though, how all that shows up so beautifully in her mothering. Like, she's the most of... I, I didn't even know they had knee pads for toddlers, like, for infants who are, like, <laughs> crawling and learning to walk. And she felt... Like, she'll find anything. Sweet. Yeah, anything. Like, she's such a good mom. Like, she's such a good mom. My nephew was developing so wonderfully, and he's so happy and, like, secure. And I mean, that's just all her. And I know on any given day, she feels like she's all over the place, always has, but like somehow it all lands how it's supposed to when she's doing it from this genuine place of, of love and care, you know? And so it's really been good to see her step back, but I used to warn her and she said, you know, you told me this one time, mm-hmm. this is how long we've been sisters. <laughs> I came to your house um, and you had, I don't think you had, you hadn't had Amina yet, I don't think. Mm. Um, had you, or maybe you had just had a meeting. Oh no, probably not. And so you, you were like, 
I hear your voice <laughs> in my head right. all the time now because right. you were with me when I was in the stage of having my children very young. Yeah. And there were things that I was experiencing that time that nobody around me was experiencing because nobody else had children around me. Yeah. And and that was a whole different, that was a whole another type of experience. But uh, my sister calls that the Thea bird. Mm. She'll say, you know, I'll be ready to do something. And then Thea Bird will show up. And Thea Bird, she said, I hear that Thea Bird all the time. I remember telling you, girl, go get your nails done. Go do this. And you was like, you know, I don't have time. I got to take care of this. And you, she'd be like, girl, you know, fun. And now she's like, but you see my nails? <laughs> do you see my nails? You know, it's so funny to see some of that was just time. Yeah. Like us, get, she was she was uh, single and 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 she didn't have children, mm-hmm. and so the things that I was had when I had to set boundaries because of that, sometimes like I can't do that, and that she didn't always understand. And now, like she's like, bitch, she gets it. No, hundred percent. So we have the dynamic with our sisters, right? That are our blood, where it's kind of like um, we know that this is a lifetime relationship. So you have to do something with it. Yeah, so <laughs> you have to work. It so out. we uh, the ebb, it ebbs, it flows. Yeah, yeah. We grow. I want to talk a little bit about like sisters by choice and mm-hmm. what happens um, when you when you lose a sister. So I'm gonna say like. <laughs> I'm going to say the what kills sisterhood. This is from this woman's list. Um, I can link her blog. It's a good blog. Um, it says what kills sisterhood. I only wrote down the ones. That I've you been, were like, this has been the thing. Oh, no, I'm going to be real. I'm going to write down the ones that I've done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These are the ones that I wrote. Jealousy, mother wounds or issues, lack mentality and competition, slut shaming, Internalized patriarchy, ego, judgment, gossip, low self worth and and or low self esteem, selfishness, betrayal. I don't know if I done that one. Mm. Unreliability. I definitely done that one. <laughs> Keeping score, mm. codependency, lack of boundaries. Inability to communicate ghosting. I, that's not me calling you out, Thea, on the end when I put <laughs> ghosting. <laughs> but the one I, I want to, the one that stood out to me the most, and I want to hear it from you too, is keeping score. Mm-hmm. I think that this is something that I've seen that really puts a damper on sisterhood. And it's something I don't do in relationship or I don't feel in relationship with my brothers in the relationships that Mm -hmm. I have with men you don't keep score in general I try not to keep score Mm -hmm. but I do feel the pressure of other women friends keeping score I call Mm -hmm. you all the time Mm -hmm. um I came to your birthday party. You didn't come to mine. Yeah, man, I don't. Um, this is this is like so to me real. Like, yeah, you know, I why do I always have to text you first? These are things that I've thank God. Like the age I am, I'm no longer in these kind of relationships. But it's stuff that I've experienced over time that it was like, man, like. <laughs> Why do we feel like it has to be even 
all the time. Right. It's not. I was talking to a, a person that's become a good friend and that's a great listener. Here, you know who you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, about, you know, I don't find it to be a problem to be good, close friends with people that are super self-focused. Mm-hmm. Because to me, eventually, you going to look at me. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Eventually, you you just need the space to really be you and to express yourself and to take up space and to take up all you could take up all the space and over time you'll there'll be space for me mm-hmm. and you'll start to create more space for me mm-hmm. and it will it will become equitable to me a lot of time folks just haven't been loved enough like that mm-hmm. and so they need a lot of space to show up because they didn't have that space for whatever reason in their mm-hmm. past, right? It may be it may appear at first like, oh, you're friends with people that are like more like self-centered, but they're not. Not mm-hmm. with me. Mm-hmm. Not with me. They're not mm-hmm. self-centered like at some point that they are or they have that tendency, but I don't see much wrong with that because I'm not keeping score. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I want to say something, I'm going to say it. Yeah, for sure. And if I need something... You will. You will say it. Yeah. If I need something, I'm going to tell you. Yep. You're a clear communicator with that stuff, which is so helpful. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm friends with a lot of Leos. So (laughs) I've always been like... I grew up in a house with Leos. Mm -hmm. And Leos are known to be, quote, Mm self-centered. And Scorpios are known to be, quote, selfish. Mm -hmm. And been some of my best friends in the world. Mm -hmm. Aries are known to be Mm -hmm. self-centered. These are like all my closest girlfriends Mm -hmm. (laughs) over Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. But I really am down. Yeah. Like, I'm just down. Like, I like, if you're my kin, I'm down. Show up, baby. Like, be all of you. Tell me every fucking story. Yeah. You know? Yes. Tell me all of that. But when we start to keep score... Mm. I literally, as you say it, I, I, I'm looking at this list. Tell me. I'm going to be 100. Tell me. Like, the w- one that really stands out to me is mm-hmm. judgment. Mm-hmm. I think that encompasses a lot of the things in the list itself. Um, but I'll say this, like, uh, I don't know. You know, from because I had my friend group so young. Yeah. So, so, so young. And I, for whatever reason, God knew in this lifetime for whatever destiny I was going to have, that was important. Mm. Because a lot of this did not come up, or if it came up, would be worked out within the within the group. I've seen, I, I mean, I'm not going to bust nobody out, but I've seen you experience some of this stuff in other sisterhood relationships. As I've gotten, and I've been, I think, so here's what always happens, I think, for me. I think because of that young group, it's given me, one, this sense of security mm-hmm. in my sisterhoods that, like, I'm not, I'm definitely emotionally present and involved. But like I said, if it's not forever, okay. Got it. Right? Um, I'm okay with certain things being seasonal. 
because I don't know everything I need to know. I mean, I don't know everything that will come up. I don't know. You, some people are in different situations. They become a different person. Like, I don't know, yeah. whatever. But I don't feel like it has to be that way. Yeah. Like I have to have them. Um, but I do feel like um, I get these red flags. I see these red flags very early. And I think that is because I have this barometer, right? That I have this group that I'm like, okay, if we can be a collective and this shit not happen, and we're all very different, then like that's kind of a gauge for sisterhood for me. I I, I grew up with like mm-hmm. a, a, a not just a, a lived definition. So because I had this lived definition of like women being able to be different and still be supported and still be loved and, you know, our parents were different and and it wasn't, it was never catty. It was never petty. It was never backstabbing. It was always very empowering to this day. Even if there's one of us that floats off and we don't talk to them like, bitch, you ain't answering my calls. Whenever she answers that call, she'll be right back in. Like it's no thing. It's no judgment so, about that. So when you do face some of this stuff in other friendships. Initially, I didn't, I couldn't recognize it. Okay. It took other people to point out to me that that's what was happening because it was like, no, that can't be. That's not how women, people always are shocked. I'm like, that's not how women are. And people are like, no, women can be super. Da, da, da. And I'm like, that's not women. That's not how I know women. So I did have to start to look for wounds, certain mm-hmm. wounds, um, and how people were dealing with those wounds or if they were dealing with it. So to me... Like part of my b- buffer is like if I see this a certain behavior and it's not being dealt with actively, then I'm like, oh, this one isn't going to be around very long, mm. very long. And it's not because like I, I don't have. And maybe it's because I've been a therapist for a long time now and I've been a mother for a long time now. So. I'm not picking up new clients in friendships. I got that. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you feel like you've ever lost a sister or that you've just lost friends? Never lost a sister. Mm. Never. Because you wouldn't be a sister. I felt like I've like, lost. I've never lost yeah. a sister. But how I you have, define it? Yeah, how I've defined it. Yeah, how I discussed it. I have lost a friend, but I've never lost a friend I didn't know I was going to lose. Like I saw the signs. And I and when I saw it, I said, "Oh, this is going to be temporary," and I still was able to be present and enjoy it for what it was. And I didn't cut the person off or walk away from them. They walked away when I set uh, a certain stuff. But you taught me about the judgment part. Remember, you we talked about that because I didn't realize that I expected everyone to be valuing things the same way I valued them. And nine times out of 10, even now, when I'm feeling some kind of way about what somebody's doing, it's because I'm expecting them to deal with that situation the way I would. Yeah, I think, you know, when I I was thinking- That's one I have to watch for myself. In sisterhood and my participation in sisterhood, any conflict I've had in sisterhood, it's normally been from me having a judgmental take. Yeah. I think I would see it and I wouldn't judge it, but I would determine whether or not it worked for me. Like whether or not that behavior 
worked for for me. Like how would like so let's say they were out fucking everybody, right? I mean, that really doesn't impact me, so I necessarily wouldn't have an opinion. Unless you were constantly talking to me about these dudes and like them being trusted, I pointed out to you like on multiple occasions that if I got tired of having the same conversation over and over again and you don't want to change the behavior, that's when the judgment would kick in for me. Initially, it, the behavior... Oh, yeah. yeah. Does that make it's, sense? It's, yeah, it's the same. Like, okay. if it's going to affect me, I don't care who you fuck. Right. But if but I'm not gonna get into specifics. But, right, right. But like, there's been situations where it's like I feel like this is affecting me. Right. So because I feel like it's affecting me, like, and is that judgment then, is, or is that it you? Depends uh, on how you talk about it. It does, but if it you, also is. So I think it's sometimes healthy for people to uh, to assess whether or not something is is working for them. So so how I talked about it at the time was, was judgment. Was judgmental. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was in a way that didn't make that person expand. Mm-hmm. And I've learned over time how to speak yeah. in a way that helps the person expand. See, I personally think when when I define sisterhood, it's really how I define my blood sisterhood, which mm-hmm. is all of this shit can be can be present. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And there's going to be unconditional love mm-hmm. because we're going to work through it. Right. Right. So we can be, we can be, there can be a, an energy of competition between us. And if I feel that there's an energy of competition, we should, we should talk about it. So like, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is the difference between a, a sister and a friend though. You can talk about it. Like, mm-hmm. and that person will take action with you to make it better. Yeah, like I've, I'm Whereas feeling, a friend, well, when if happen. I'm talking about competition, I'm not coming to you saying you're competing with me. I'm coming to you saying I feel I feel competitive. Right. That's what's that about? Yeah, what's that about? Or I'm I'm feeling um I'm feeling like in this way, like this feels kind of like a betrayal to me. Mm-hmm. That this thing happened between us. Do you feel it? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like I betrayed you? Do to me, my sisters, th- th- those are the people I do my my soul work with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, let's really talk about it. Like, let's really dive in and go deep. Like, hey, our relationship is seeming codependent. Do you feel like we need more boundaries? I do. <laughs> like, but let's say yeah. you're the person, you feel them having the competitive vibe. Mm-hmm. So, and you would, I still, I think you would still address it. That's I would. who you are. yeah. But what if they're not accountable? If they're if if someone becomes only defensive, see, I probably wouldn't be having a conversation with that person. How how would you know if they were going to be defensive beforehand? Uh, I, I I think that that's. Mm, I I kind of feel what you're saying. I probably just I'm not close. We're not that close. Because sometimes I've had people that like we've been getting close. Or I felt like we've been close, like like, and and maybe they weren't competitive in certain areas. But maybe this new thing came up for in my life mm-hmm. that like okay now I see for it them right, mm-hmm. and and then when you have a conversation about that and they get defensive, it's like oh so because new things are constantly being revealed, even sure. if you're you know we like to think we just know people, but people are changing every day. So like. I think the difference is when people change every day with it, my sisters, I know that like, that's a conversation we can have. We've built that into one, they're mature enough. They're mature enough to yeah. have the conversation. 
they're healthy enough to have those conversations. But right, I think that because right, right. when I hear you talk about your sisterhood, it sounds almost idyllic. Mm-hmm. But my sisterhoods haven't been mm-hmm. always idyllic. I have a sister, me and her are so incredibly close. Mm-hmm. We have been for many, many, many years. We've been roommates, all kind of things. And we've gone time, like last year, not speaking to mm-hmm. each other. And when <laughs> we had a friend that made sure we were in the same space. Mm-hmm. So when we saw each other, because we're sisters, yeah. we're going to hash it out. Yeah, yeah. We crying and everything yeah. and all of that. Like, and it, that's my, but like, I could cry. Like, that's my sister. And I told her, like, there's no way I can do life without you. Yeah. It doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what happens. It yeah. doesn't matter what you say or I say. I've, I've like been, aggr- I aggressively will pursue yeah, this relationship. This relationship. Yeah. If you're not talking to me, if you're angry at me, yeah. if I did something wrong and I don't know what it is, yeah. once I know, I will do everything to make it right with you. Yeah. I will do everything to atone with you because I love her so much. Yeah, She's yeah. such a... um. What's that feeling? Like, that's why I get teary-eyed thinking mm-hmm. about her because I feel so safe. Yeah. I feel so cared for. Yeah. I feel like if if anything happened, like, she's one of the numbers I know by heart, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And I've known for damn 15, 16 years. Yeah, like, yeah. it's just, her family is my family. Yeah. You know, like, all of those things, it's, it's so... And it's not, she's not even someone I talk to every day. And she'll tease me like... Yo, if you picked up your phone more often, we wouldn't have to have eight hour conversations. So I'm like, if I pick up my phone, I'm gonna talk to you for eight hours. Period. So yeah, yeah. I don't have time right now. Yeah, to talk. Yeah. And that's because that's the time I wanna spend with you. Yeah. And I, I feel like, yes, I think I'm not, yeah, I just wanna be clear that I'm not saying that sisterhood is not, does not have, not have, it has conflict. Um, and that's a, part of what I was saying is that, um, there's the ability to get through conflict within sisterhood. I think that's what I was saying earlier, yes. right? That yes. is, that's built in, which um, may be what makes it seem idyllic, that it's smoother. But I, I just, I think for me, a big part of being able to be close to me is to be accountable. I cannot, and I will not, judgment or what the fuck ever, be with account- unaccountable people. And unaccountable meaning like if we, if oh, I say- I share this sentiment. Yeah, I can't. That and- um, But that means, that means, you're, that means you're growth averse. Yeah. If you don't want to be accountable, if you don't want to- Be growth averse and, and, and not quite honest, not really ready to be honest. With yourself. Or me when I'm telling you <laughs> what this is and you're trying to convince me that that's not what I experienced, you know? So I feel like I don't, but now it's to the point where I feel, honestly, I, some of this stuff, honestly, I haven't dealt with in so long. But even you point out people who mm. like will pull your coattails. Absolutely. I love because it. Because those, that, that to me, that's sisterhood. Those yeah. are the people that are the closest. Yeah. The, the person I was just referencing She'll always tell me my shit's stanky. Yep. She'll tell me, you know. I rely on these people for these things. If you don't tell me, how will I grow? And you all know how much I value growth. I was telling her my birth story, one of my birth stories. And I was like telling her the parts I was unhappy about, about, you know, the way my partner showed up. And she was like, you're fucking tripping. Like, (laughs) he did this, he did this, he Mm -hmm. did this. You need to apologize to him. 
that's that's fucked up. Like <laughs> I was like, this is my birth story. <laughs> what you talking about? This is my birth. This is my birth. I was giving birth. Yeah. She was like, so was he. So was he. You know, those to me are my sisters. I want to talk a little bit about losing a sister. Yeah. You feel like you never have, but I have. Yeah. I'm trying to think. That feeling. That would be really hard. I don't even like thinking about it. If it was a sister, that would be really hard. I mean, this person was was like a yeah, sister to yeah. me. Was we were the clo- closer than closer than yeah, closer than be close. Really hard. And I wrote a whole my whole I have a whole television show about this particular relationship mm. because I couldn't stop obsessing over the fact that she was not in my life anymore, mm. and we have built such an intimate, strong. Bond that it was almost like, like we were like two parts. Yeah, you know, it was just like this person knows everything about me, and it felt so strange to have somebody that was walking around in the world that knew that much and had yeah had all my secrets. Yeah, all of that stuff with them, and they weren't there anymore. And it was just like her making the choice to not be in that sisterhood anymore, and it was. For me to this day, like the biggest heartbreak, mm. bigger than all of my other heartbreaks with with you know romantic partnerships. Mm. Oh, I think that's very true. I think I think the the sisterhood cuts deeper than the romantic ones for sure. Because it's it's a I don't know like when it's just different. I think we kind of expect romantic relationships to hurt like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, you know what I mean. Yes, I didn't expect it yeah. to feel like that, like a death. Yeah, it felt like like not only that the friendship died, but it felt like I did. Mm-hmm. And even like when I see who I am, I like look back on old videos of us together sometimes, and I'm I just don't even recognize myself. Mm. Like who I was, it was almost like who I was in that relationship was the freest version of me. And I remember thinking like I don't know if I'll ever be able to find another person that I feel like this with because she's just a really free bitch. Like she's just, I don't give a fuck bitch. Mm -hmm. So the qualities that she had were so different than mine. Right. So opposite of me Mm -hmm. that it allowed me to explore like the full self. She was Scorpio. So you know, I believe like in astrology that there's only six signs really, mm. you know, so there's the six signs and there's the the duality that exists within those six signs. I've always been super close with Scorpio women because they're me. They're like the inverse of me. And the joke was always like, what people see on the outside of you is how I am on the inside. Mm-hmm. People think Scorpio's, Scorpio freak, right? That's all they know. Scorpio freak. But I look like a square, but inside. <laughs> we know. <laughs> lust. <laughs> the lust. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that loss of someone that felt like a sister. And I, I don't know. I think a lot of this list. It's yeah. real though. Was was a part of why yeah. our sisterhood mm. kind of disintegrated. But I want to talk about what builds sisterhood. I have a list there. Can you read it, Thea? Sure. And I made this. I made this list up. Did you? I did. It's such a, you would. It's such a beautiful <laughs> list. Support, cheerleading. I love that. I love that. Acceptance, unconditional love, honest communication, confidence, sharing the wealth, giving without expectation. Listening, trust, secret keeping, 
compliments, healing triggers, great boundaries, keeping your word, etc. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things about sisterhood is that person can be your cheerleader. That person is is like, girl, you you look that you look incredible. Like they're the people that come through with the word for you. Who stunt with you on Instagram and be and make sure your <laughs> shots look as good as they shots. They don't just give themselves a good lighting, but they make sure you got the good lighting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that that kind of thing, like absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, that shared experience. It's just very different. I remember um, when we moved a little further out and, you know, we were settling and the kids were settling and my husband was settling and, it, it was, you know, I love where I, I like where I live a lot and I love my yard and, um, but something wasn't right. And I was like, something is missing and I can't figure out what it is. And I was like, oh, I need to bring women. Yeah. <laughs> There's not women. I haven't brought the women here yet. And that's when I started doing my Black Dove gatherings and having um, women come who were just, you know, and I was a mixture of sisters, friends, people mm-hmm. I just met who I thought were dope. But even to get, even like to come, you know, like I had to really feel a certain level of not just you and my space, because my space is pretty protected, right. but also you making sure you're cool with, you would be good for my sisters. Yeah. You know, so I was like, even if there's somebody that I thought I was cool with, I wouldn't invite them if I thought they wouldn't be a good mix for my sisters, right? I I am protective of my sisters. I am, I, I take care of them. I will fight like full lioness mode, you know, like I don't play. Um, I get more mad than they do sometimes. I think about things that are happening <laughs> to them. Uh, they'll be like, it's good. I'm like, it ain't good. This shit ain't good. What you want to do about this? Right. You know? And I'm all about them when it's their time. Like, like if it's your thing, I'm like 100% about like, what do you want to do? But I needed them to bless the space. I needed them to bring that energy. And I still do it every now and then when time permits because I always feel like it's such a natural thing to watch happen. It's so yeah. organic. Everyone just brings a dish. And then like, I don't even host really. I just feel like I provide the space. But what happens is this natural giving, nurturing, um, and exciting energy forms between women and they make new connections, possible new sisterhood. It's just like, for me, it's something that has to be a part of my life. I, I like that you brought that up because sister circles are something that we've floated in and out of, right? And Girl. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, sworn them off with, with a few exceptions, right? But even you and I hadn't talked in a while. Yeah. And in like many, many whiles. And then we reconnected at your event and it was so good. Like, oh, let me go. I haven't seen Thea. Like, we haven't talked. Like, you know, what's up? And going and just reestablishing our sisterhood, our friendship. But I remember thinking about the Black Devils. Like, this is dope because a lot of sister circles are based on trauma. Yeah, like there's no agenda to come in here and talk about anything in particular. It's just being together and enjoying each other. And like, I want to point that out. Like one thing that I've been really clear over the last year is 
making conscious efforts to build sisterhood that's not based on trauma bonding. Absolutely. That's based no, on, you I can ain't. talk about the stuff that's happening with you. I mean, we could do that over the phone, though. We don't have to have a whole gathering for well, it. But what I'm saying, even on the phone, like, we can talk about what's up, but yeah. our relationship shouldn't be centered yes, around I agree. what's wrong. I agree. Our I relationships, agree. those sisterhoods I'm building and have built are based on laughter, having fun, yeah. support, Spiritual growth is a big one for me. Spiritual growth, sitting mm-hmm. and talking about how we're growing, yeah. how we're growing through our how triggers and traumas, yeah, and giving each other tools for those things. And also, and then sharing other good sisters with other good sisters. Like, this yes. thing about people, like, not introducing their friends to each other, it's so bizarre <laughs> to me. Like... We do not own that's, people. That's and if lack you, mentality. It's so crazy. Like, yeah. like if you know a dope sister who would connect well with another dope sister, like, I just need you, you to like... put that A on it. I just, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? I just need you not to act like you you got this chick cuffed up somewhere. Like, it's not cute. It looks really stalkerish. <laughs> and I do think it comes from, like, people being insecure about, well, they like this person better. than It goes back to all the users they're talking about on that list. And at this event, it's like none of that. And I'm letting y'all know so that you can create spaces like that, that all I get is better people around me when I do this. Yeah. When I share the dopest people I know with each other, dope things happen. Yeah. And I benefit. Like that's, I don't do it, so I do benefit. It's a side effect of not being selfish with the good people around me. Yeah. And you remember I used to have these huge birthday parties all the time. Mm, I remember that. No fun days. Yes. All the homies. Mm-hmm. And over the years, my baby showers and birthday mm-hmm. parties mm-hmm. have become more about my sisters. Like yeah. who who are the people that are closest that actually ask about my children? Yeah. Do you ask about my children? Yeah. Do you know them? Have you seen any of their incredible videos? Do they pop up on the Marcos? <laughs> but even do even, they know you? Even when we stopped talking, it wasn't a stop. It was like mm-hmm. life. Yeah, like yeah. bitches was getting divorced and shit. Yeah. Like shit, real lot. life was happening. It was a lot, and so I think that's what usually happens in my. But here's the thing. The reality, the, what I loved is that you didn't assume any ill will, and neither did I. Yeah. So uh, you know how you and I had a recent thing where, like, for two weeks, we, which is very rare for us oh, to not talk. Yeah. That happened with Crystal too, like uh, mm-hmm. for like a few weeks, and um, I was like, oh, I haven't talked to Crystal, who I usually talk to like daily, pretty yeah. much in some way, and I was like, what's going on? And I was like, you know what? She's probably just like working, really focusing on her art. Like, that's so beautiful. I'm just going to like give her some space to do that, right? So when I get back, when we got back in contact and I got her phone, she was like, Thea, don't ever leave me again. (laughs) And I was like, wait, what's going on? She was like, I just, I don't know. I got excited one day and I decided to take the kids out of camp early. I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) I should have done that. And my whole life has been turned upside down ever since. And I was like, oh my God, I thought you were like artistically like creating all this. She's like, I love that you assumed up, (laughs) but that is not what was happening. That's not where it was. But my point is that like, assume up. Like, you know, we think when people disappear, that's about us. Think about the reasons that people disappear. Shit is going down. I think if you're sisters, 
You should be assuming up. Friends too. I want my friends to assume <laughs> up too. Like if you, I'm just letting y'all know what what is required to be Thea Monier's friend. <laughs> assume up. Assume up. I do not have time for negativity and drama and all that shit. Like I don't. I do not want people. I have to be like explaining and catering to in that capacity. Like, oh, is you, are you sure you feel safe? Is you know, like you're my friend. You made it, okay? Because I don't carry around a lot of those. Well, let's talk about our last question, which is how do we feel we can be a better sister to our sisters? You're asking the Leo? Yes, you have to have an answer. I, not, my, not. No, I know. My big thing is... My, you, you said the Leo. You mean, how can I be better? My, my big thing is, I, my big thing is really like judgment. And even like, even though I don't do a lot of externalizing that judgment, really try not to make the internal judgment. And also like... Just navigating needs, like knowing that there's sometimes I have I've I've had friendships where like it every people grow at different paces, but I've had friends for certain friends for a long time. Even though they grow at different some people grow really fast, some people grow at the same speed as me, some people grow well, I grow very I, you know, I move very I'm a fast mover, but I recognize that not everybody is. So I do have a lot of like patience and nurturing for certain friendships that require, I'm not good at, and this is just my personality, I'm not good at going in circles. Even if I have a conversation with someone, I'm not, I cannot sit there and go in circles. Um, and so when I find that the friendship is doing that, I have to like do better at stopping and evaluate, okay, this is their process and this is like maybe their water sign. My water signs take a little longer. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I have so much compassion for that, you know? Sometimes my air signs take a little longer too. And so like I have to really like think, but I also have to do it realistically. I can't go back to what I used to be because I was a very codependent person. Mm-hmm. And I, and I'm and, and being a therapist has also kind of fucked that up a little bit for me. So I can't go back to like, okay, Thea, if you're not experiencing any joy because this is constantly wearing on you, mm-hmm. then you have to set a boundary with how many times you pick up this phone. Mm-hmm. And that's fair too, right? That like, okay, I'll pick it up every third time, mm-hmm. but I can't have the same conversation every time. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning to negotiate my needs and their needs better and to reduce even the internal judgment. Um, which is not it's not super frequent because of because of who I'm around on the regular. You, when we talk about this with me, we're talking about people who have been around for like ten years or plus. Right. So for me, like it's not a thing as much anymore. It would be like newer people. You know what I'm saying that are coming in that I have to work on that with and make sure I'm I'm doing that and just making sure like I'm not triggered by some old shit so that I'm not bringing that into a new dynamic. Yeah, I relate. I I think I work on tenderness. When I become super, super close to people, I tend to um, communicate pretty raw. I think I'm pretty tender in general, which is like, you know, why people, my close folks love to be nurtured by me. But I will say something that will hurt someone's feelings without meaning to because I was just keeping it real. I don't think you've ever done that with me. I don't feel like you've ever said something that will hurt my feelings. You know, we both have Pisces wounds, so that's true. I like, I don't know. It it really depends on the person. 
Do you? Yeah, I was about to say. Do you feel like you've said some harsh things to me? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like no, because it was real. Because I'm intentional. Mm-hmm. Be- because if, if I, I know all my, I know all my BFFs charts. Right. So you did all, you did my first chart. <laughs> so if I know how you're built, you know, I think you you do cater yeah. to how I'm built. You yeah, you know yeah. how to frame it. Yeah, I know how to frame it. I know yeah. you're sensitive, more sensitive than you project. Yeah. And so, because I know there's like a real soft center there, yeah, I know the parts that could hurt or the parts that could sting, yeah. And I'm just careful, yeah. You know, I'm careful about how I say. You it. hear that, people? You have a soft center, <laughs> like a tootsie roll pop. But you know, I I I've apologized to Hi Kai. I've apologized <laughs> to Kai a thousand times. Yeah. Because we have such a raw relationship, yeah. and she's apologized to me too. Yeah. Oh, did and she'll be like, "Oh, I'm sorry if I said this, did it." I'm like, "Girl, that didn't hurt my feelings." <laughs> like, but our relationship, yeah, is so that. so. I mean, she's my she's my sister. Like, yeah, for sure. I'll just say some shit, yeah, crazy to her, yeah, and because I'm not, I'm I'm not, not afraid of losing her. No, I'm never filtering. Yeah, I've been afraid of losing her before, and I told her, "Look, you know." You got this cutoff thing. Don't ever do that. Don't shit do to that me. to me. Yeah, I need you. Sure. And she's like, "Uh, oh, no, 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 no bitch. Promise. Don't do. Yeah, swear. <laughs> like I need a promise. Yeah, like I need a lifetime guarantee. So the safety is so clear there that like, and her personality too. She's sensitive, so I'm careful about some things. Hmm. But most of the time, our our communication is just really, really raw. <laughs> so yeah. there's plenty of times where I'm like. Hey, I could have been more tender how I said that to her, you know? I could have been more tender how I said this to this person. I could have mm-hmm. been more tender how I said that to that person. But, you know, I really, I want to be Christ-like in this incarnation. I want to be as compassionate You know, I talk about I Christ as being frustrated with folks. Like, I heard you. I told you. <laughs> okay, let's do okay. our words from the heart. Do you have words from the heart, Thea? I mean, I'm just going to say that to me sisterhood is an invaluable part of reaching my destiny and so if you are a person who you feel like you've been wounded by the feminine by you know out of you're not a balance or whatever the case may be then it's worth repairing that because um, it's worth repairing that wound in yourself so that you can build the types of sisterhood you deserve. And maybe you didn't come across the kind you deserved, or maybe there was different reasons. Um, but they say, um, and this is very heteronormative, I apologize, but this is just the saying. The saying is um, that um, a man's best friend is a woman, and a woman's best friend is another woman. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times my friends have saved my marriages. <laughs> they have saved me, like from like it's an important bond. It's yeah. an important bond, and so you know, there's ways we can cultivate these spaces. I do not like for us to continue to talk as though that's an impossible thing, as though women are just incapable of sisterhood. I think that is the biggest lie. I think we face a lot of societal things that have made it very challenging. A lot of societal things that have made it feel scarce and almost dangerous the way it's been framed. 
But everything they've told us is, that is scarce and dangerous has actually been turning out to be quite lovely for us. Um, so decolonizing our mindset around sisterhood as well, um, I think is super important. And 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 we love you. Thank you, Thea. Um, thank you to all my sisters, the three who share my blood and the countless others who I've encountered along my path. My kindred who have taught me how to pray and how to forgive. My sisters who have laughed with me for hours. My sisters who have loaned me money. Thank you. <laughs> and watched my children so I could write. Because y'all know if I need a loan, we, it, something's going on. Something is <laughs> definitely in the water. Something is in the water. I could not be me without you. My sisters who have forgiven me for being judgmental, thoughtless, or impatient. My sisters who have named me beautiful right when I needed to hear it. My sisters who encourage me, check on me, dance and sing with me. My sisters who have talked and talked and talked with me, who have listened with their whole selves and allowed me to listen to them. My sisters who know my dreams, my tears, my joy. There's nothing in the world like sisterhood. Thanks for listening, y'all. Love you, Titi. Love you, Lainey, Wendy, <laughs> and Tony Olive, and all the other sisters. All our sisters. Let me just say, I love you, Debbie. We love you, Debbie. Debbie, you know. My God. Debbie. Debbie. No better sister. I just walk in. <laughs> no better and sister. And I love you, Noni. I love you, Thea. <laughs> You're my sister. You're my sister, too. I love you. 